My name is Ruth Gledsell and I'm the online editor of The Tablet. With me today is Catherine Pepinster. Catherine is a former editor of The Tablet and a well-known commentator and author. Her latest book, Martyrdom, looks at why martyrs still matter. We're talking today about the latest World Watch List, which looks at the appalling and shocking rise of persecution of Christians worldwide. Catherine, you were at a briefing this week at the Religion Media Centre about the report, and I believe you've also read the report. What are the main points it makes, and why is this persecution getting so bad at this time? Yes, Ruth, it's, it's, it's a very shocking report. It, it, it reminds us that persecution is, is continuing throughout the world, but in particular areas, it's particularly bad, uh, of Christians. And the, this persecution that Christians are enduring has been going on for some time. It, it, it's affecting the Open Doors charity estimates around 340 million Christians across the world who are persecuted and discriminated against for their religious beliefs. And there, there appear to be three particular kinds of persecution. There's the, the, the sort of persecution that, that is carried out by governments. Um, China's an obvious uh, candidate for that, and, and I expect we'll go back to China later. Then there are nationalist forces in, in certain countries, Pakistan, uh, India. And then there are uh, terrorist groups, uh, such as Islamist groups in, in places like Nigeria. So these three different types of persecution go on. But, but interestingly, and also very worryingly, this report shows that in 2020, the the problems that, that Christians were enduring already were made even worse by COVID-19. And the pandemic has really exacerbated the situation for many vulnerable groups. And, and the reason for that is, is uh, quite complicated. So you might think that the pandemic would have lessened persecution because if, if people are for example, staying at home and not going to their places of worship and they're locked down, then then they might not be uh, out and about and therefore subject to discrimination. But, it, but in fact, I think what's happened is that often um, those who are determined uh, to target Christians, they know, they know where they live, they know who they are. And World Watch List reports that in, in many countries they've been discriminated against in the distribution of aid for those suffering during the pandemic. And then uh, violent attacks by Islamist extremists have also increased during the pandemic. And then apparently in China, um, there has been even more surveillance of its population uh, during the pandemic on the grounds of monitoring the spread of it. Um, but but Christian groups have, have said that it, it's become an additional way of checking on the whereabouts of, of Christians um, going about their lives. So you can see from that that, that, that COVID-19 has actually made things a whole lot worse. And what do you think is going to be 
the outcome of this? Where, where is this going? Well, the 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 problem the problem is that uh, the a lot of the the uh, countries um, where abuse of uh, persecution is right, um, the situation does not seem to be getting any better. Um, the the number one country for persecution is North Korea. Um, anybody uh, in North Korea who who even identifies as a Christian uh, is at risk of being sent to a labour camp or being executed. Um, there was some suggestion after uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong Un uh, met President Trump that that maybe there'd be some attempts to change things but in fact controls tightened yet again uh, and then uh, the border there has been closed because of the pandemic so I imagine that means that if you are a Christian and you, you're thinking of trying to flee that's all but nigh impossible um, in uh, somewhere like uh, Pakistan um, uh World Watch List reports that that um, aid um, that was supposed to be um, uh, offered to people uh, was was not given to Christians uh, unless they agreed to convert to Islam. If there's any anything that can be done about this, there there has there has to be ways of bringing bringing pressure to bear on these countries. And interestingly, in in the last few days. The foreign secretary here, Dominic Raab, has announced that uh, businesses which get supplies of, of products for, for their businesses uh, from suspected labour camps in China, where the Chinese have imprisoned Uyghur Muslims, that those businesses will face substantial fines. So there is, there is a way of countering this. Um, another way of countering what's going on is, of course, to publicise these uh, abuses of, of human rights, this, 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 these efforts by different countries and, and different terrorist groups to thwart people's freedom uh, of belief and, and freedom to, pr to practice their religion. But I think there's more that... that that governments could do as well. I mean, we we offer a lot of countries aid, uh, and maybe there should be more effort on on governments' part to say to, to nations where uh, persecution is rife that you've really got to clean up your acts if you want us to continue to give you aid. Now, some people would say. The way to influence these countries is the way is through aid, but I, I think there has to come a point where we say enough is enough, and then of course, we we shouldn't forget that religious organisations have influence too, and and a, an organisation as substantial in the world as as the Catholic Church, for example, you, you would think might bring some influence to bear. In in some countries, because this this is a this is a, an issue of of morality. You know, these dreadful outrages are being perpetrated against people, and I think we all have a moral duty to speak out about it. I mean, can you say why 
why you think we don't hear more from Pope Francis on the Uyghurs. Well, I think that's something that really concerns people, doesn't it? And, and of course, there's a hugely debatable point about whether or not the route that the Catholic Church has gone down uh, with China is wise. Um, with this pontificate, the, the, the approach has been to, to, to try and uh, find some way of uh, improving relations between Rome and Beijing. Um, and some people would say that, that that will protect Catholics, but other people are saying it doesn't. And, 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 and that the, the situation is, is that Catholics face is no better than it was before. Um, it's never been made clear what exactly the deal consisted of that was done between the Vatican with the Secretaries of State and, and, and the Chinese. Um, and, and, and the fact that we hear, well, I don't think we really hear anything about the Uyghur Muslims from Pope Francis, it does make one wonder if, if he feels that um, he's going to complicate matters with, with, with Beijing if, if he speaks up about that. But I, I think... Yeah, and maybe compromise the safety of yes. Catholics there. I, I guess that might yes. be one but reason. But there, there is this very strange situation in, in China where you have these two official churches, the Protestant official church and the Catholic official church, and then you have uh, everybody else. And... Um, but even even the you know the the official churches I went to China a couple of years ago and attended uh, services in in official churches and even those are clearly monitored by the authorities. Um, mm. it, it's 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 an extremely difficult balancing act I think of of of, of Christians in that country to decide whether to try and find a way through. Um, working alongside the Communist Party or striking out against it. Um, I mean, we've got to the stage where they're they're, they're talking about uh, rewriting parts of the New Testament. Yes. Um, and I guess there are um, sensible economic or diplomatic reasons all around the world for why governments do not do more to step in to stop this persecution yes and uh, i think that that that's that's apparent and as i was saying earlier you know our government uh, does provide a, a a lot of aid to these countries i mean re recently um the, the government was saying that um uh that that we were now in 2021 going to give afghanistan 155 million and, and a lot of that money would be uh, used towards um, education of of, of uh, children and young women. That, that that's a very worthy object objective. Um, mm. But if at the same time um, we we have people there um, persecuted, and you really are, if you if you if you convert from Islam and become a Christian in Afghanistan, you're you're in mortal danger. And that's going on while we're handing them the the money. Well, presumably our government thinks handing them that money is a is a way through to to to, to somehow temper what's going on. But so far, there's no evidence that that's worked. We now have a special envoy. Boris Johnson appointed a special envoy for um, religion and belief, and um, uh, you know one wonders quite what his role is in all this, and 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 the extent to which. 
you know, he will speak out about these issues uh, in making approaches to countries such as Afghanistan or Pakistan, Yemen, North Korea, Libya, all these countries that World Watch List cites as, as being uh, extremely dangerous places if you're a Christian. And what can we do as individuals? Write to our MPs, or um, is that, or how how can we try and support these people to help, even in even in a small way, to at least help in well, some I way? Well, I think I think one of the things, Ruth, that 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 it's easy to end up feeling is that it, it that it's all rather hopeless and overwhelming, and there isn't anything that we can do. But I think there are things that we can do. I mean, an, an obvious thing is to be informed, and and to become aware mm-hmm. of what's of what's happening, and and reports such as this one from Open Doors uh, is is a way of being informed. There are other uh, organisations such as Aid the Church in Need which also provides a lot of information about what's going on. But, but Aid to the Church in Need also tries to help uh, different Christian groups around the world facing persecution. Um, there's, there's been um, efforts, for example, in uh, Iraq after what's happened there. So after the war... Um, there was a lot of persecution of Christians. Um, people fled from places like Nineveh. Now they're making their way back. And uh, the uh, Chaldean church there has been doing a lot of work to help rebuild. And uh, you know, if we donate to organisations like Aid to the Church in Need, money can get through t- um, to those places. I remember a couple of years ago, I spoke to Archbishop Barda from that part of the world. Uh, and and he said that in rebuilding in in the Erbil area of uh, the plains of Nineveh, they they were trying to build facilities that um, not just Christians would use, but 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 Muslims living in the area would use too, because he he felt very strongly that that if people could be brought together and not remain on either side of the divide, if they uh, came together using the same university or the same hospitals at, at same schools and they, they became more aware of one another, um, you know, that otherness would, would, would dissolve somewhat and, 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 and peace might be more possible, which I, I thought was an incredibly inspiring message from him. Um, but as I said, you know, yes. there are organisations like uh, Aid to the Church in Need that, that, that will find ways of getting funds through to people such as those rebuilding in Iraq. So it's worth considering. So there's, you know, there, there, there's keeping informed, there's practical help. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, something like lobbying MPs, there's prayer, there's, there's all sorts of ways in which we can do something in our own small way. Thank you, Catherine. You can find all previous podcasts at thetablet.co.uk slash podcasts. On this one at the end, I will put a link to the websites of Aid to the Church in Need and of Open Doors so anyone who wishes can make a donation to help persecuted Christians around the world. Thank you to Catherine Pepinster for taking the time to unpack some of that for us in what is a really sad and serious subject that's not going to go away.